He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere before a bridge keeper now about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 17 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Bobby Donnelly and this week I'm joined by James Richardson again. Hi James. Hey Bob. And I'm delighted to welcome Alan Donnelly back, back from the wilderness. Hey guys, good to be back. Uh, we're without Barry. Barry's actually playing a qualifier for Metropolitan Cup at the moment for Glen of the Downs. Um, it's a singles competition where you play against other clubs, nine singles against nine singles and after eight holes, Barry has 12 points, which I'm uh, delighted to, re- to report. Ouch. No yeah. surprise there. Barry bottling it. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> so um, I'm sure Barry will be back next week to defend himself. But anyway. I'd take a spread on it. Probably 19 points being his final total. Oh, that's been an interesting market for that. Um, poor Barry now. He's, he's, he's gone and we're already giving him a bit of abuse. But I, he'll, be, he'll probably be back next he's week. A, he's an easy target. Yes, yes. Um, okay, cool. This week we're going to uh, review the... Just look back over some of the golf in the last while. The Maybank Malaysian Open, RBC Heritage in Harbour Town. There's also the West of Ireland is on today. And we'll have a, a, a very brief look ahead to the US Open, uh, which will be on in 50 days. Uh, Alan's going to give us an update in the top 200 competition and then our main topic that we're going to discuss about, about this week is about uh, participation levels in golf um, in general and looking at ways that how we can try and get new people into the game and also looking at why maybe existing people are, are, aren't playing so we'll come to that later on uh, we'll have a brief chat about our own games I don't think there's too much going on at the moment and then we'll have a, a look ahead to the Zurich Classic of New Orleans and the Volvo China Open and then we'll finish off with the rules related question and answer. So on that point, I am going to come to the rules related question. And the score, if I'm if I'm correct, is nine seven to you, Alan. I think so. Yeah, you've had a nice in my patch. in my absence. I've yeah. uh, hit my straps. Yes, it's gone. It's gone very well for you now. Yeah. Okay, I'm hoping that it's not going to be a kind of thing though that if you miss a week, you win. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. We'll find out now. Okay, I have a question here. Um, a player plays his second shot, searches for his ball briefly, and then goes back and drops another ball under Rule 27-1. Before he plays the drop ball, and within the five-minute search period, the original ball is found. What is the ruling? Question mark. A. The drop ball was in play, and the original ball was lost. B. The player may continue with the original ball without penalty, or play the drop ball, incurring the appropriate penalty under Rule 27. Or C. The player must continue with the original ball. Can you read the question again? Yeah, yeah. So a player plays a second shot, searches for his ball briefly, and then goes back and drops another ball under Rule 27-1. Before he plays the drop ball, and within the five-minute search period, the original ball is found. What is the ruling? Okay, I think he's okay. So I think he can go back and he can play. He plays his first ball. So are you saying player must continue with the original ball 
And what's what's the other option? So the options are the drop ball was in play and the original ball was lost. B, the player may continue with the original ball without penalty or play the drop ball incurring the appropriate penalty under Rule 27. Or C, the player must continue with the original yeah. ball. Uh, C. Player must continue with the original yeah. ball. Okay. Interesting. Okay. It comes that one at the end. James, get the guess. Oh, sorry. Yeah, James. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with A. Because you're going to the drop ball was in play and the original ball was lost. Because I'm going to say that he didn't deem the drop ball as provisional. So once he had walked back, well, he had dropped the ball. I was taking that for granted. <laughs> so I'm going to say once he's dropped the ball, he has assumed the other ball is lost. And it doesn't matter whether it's up to him to take the five minutes and if he does that. We'll so I'm going to go with A. We'll come to it at the end, so interesting one. Hope you're wrong, James. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, do we know uh, which did Barry go A, B, or C? Oh, apologies. Barry has gone A. Ooh. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll give the update at the end. Um, okay, very good. Over the weekend, with some interesting golf, as we'll start with the Maybank Malaysian Open. I don't know if you guys uh, saw much of this, but um, I suppose all the guys at the top really were uh, the, the top guys in the betting were pretty much obliged. Lee Westwood won, uh, won very comfortably in the end. Oosthausen uh, finished second after a bit of a slow start. And uh, Nicholas Colstarts returned to form, but probably the highlight of the whole tournament was uh, Pablo Lorthaba and his trip to the pond. Oh, yeah. fantastic. It's genius. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> not, just not meaning to celebrate her. <laughs> the, the pain he went through, but it was brilliant. Yeah, for people who didn't see it, um, Larasaba was playing uh, playing one of the holes, not too sure a hole, I think it was the fifth hole actually, and he all of a sudden got attacked by a, I don't know, is it a group? A swarm, swarm of hornets? Yeah, swarm, go with a swarm of hornets. And they were attacking him and attacking him and he couldn't get rid of them. And he was swinging his towel at them. I think apparently he was stung 20 times. Ouch. And he was swinging at them. Of course, that made them angry and angry. And he had to, he actually had to run off in the distance. And someone told, he started to run away from them, couldn't get away from them. And someone told him, jump in the pond. This is the best way to get rid of it. So he took off his top. And actually, the one thing I was very impressed with, he took his scorecard out of his pocket and threw it, threw it, threw it away as in catching Well, threw his, his playing partner's scorecard away. Oh, good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, actually, good point. would have been his, his playing partner's. And took off his T-shirt and he jumped into the water on the pond beside the hall and stayed there for a few minutes. And he came out and they were gone. And he put back on his T-shirt put back on his clothes, obviously grabbed his scorecard and hit a shot into 12 feet and rolled it in for birdie. And I think he got two injections as well. He did, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had to go up and get a few injections afterwards. Yeah. Oh, did he get that afterwards, did he? No, no, sorry. As in between getting out of it and hitting a shot into the green, he went and got injections. Yeah, just giving him some drugs or something to be able to get yeah. a birdie. Yeah, he might have been, uh, might have been illegal maybe. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> Performance enhancing. He came eighth in the end. Yeah. Do you think being attacked by hornets is worth the 46,000 euros that he won last week? Definitely. <laughs> he actually said he was very scared going back playing it the next day. He said he wasn't looking forward to it. And I don't know what he did the next day, but uh, yeah, or I don't some know. repellent. I wonder would he be at the level to get a get a, a kind of appearance fee? Jesus, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't no. have thought so. So it's only forty six thousand. No, sorry, I'd say do a lot worse to earn forty six thousand euros, uh, but. <laughs> Let's you not know, go there. As, as a professional <laughs> golfer, I'm, I'm just thinking, is it really worth 20-something stings? Yeah, That's, yeah. Be painful. It was funny seeing, there was I don't know if it was his caddy or a different caddy, who was about 20 yards ahead of him, 
and you could see him turning around and looking back at Larazaba and he knew something was going on and he started going oh Jesus and started legging it down the fairway <laughs> yeah, get me out of here left him high and dry <laughs> yeah, exactly man down um, so it was good yeah no that was uh, kind of poor poor Larazaba actually it was I saw on Twitter uh, he tweeted saying thanks everyone for the well wishes and Nicholas Coulter so I think it's a real kind of dry sense of humour he tweeted back like really innocently oh what's wrong were you sick and then he goes hashtag bzzz, <laughs> um, and something like that and then uh, Gonzalo Fernandez Castaño responded then to Coulter's I said the new Callaway um, gear for 2014 and it showed four people in with the the, 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 bee, the beehive the, the beehives thing. around their heads and they're all that he goes oh this is Callaway's new gear for the rest of the year so they had a bit of crack about it anyway so um, but it was good now I must say uh that was entertaining. And Westwood was very impressive, wasn't he? Yeah, I didn't actually watch much of it because he just <clears throat> steamed away from the field. Yeah. It was kind of, there wasn't really much to watch. Um, but it's good to see him get a win because it gets him, obviously, good rider, good points. Mm. Gets back up to 30th in the world, I think. And Sergio um, was actually tweeting that because he kind of, he, this, these words his exact words, he said, it's about time he got off got off your arse in relation to getting yourself ready for the Ryder Cup in terms of qualifying. <laughs> but he did say, like, signed off partner, as in he was trying to encourage him. So, but uh, yeah, no, it kind of keeps him going anyway. He's, he has amazing strike rate over in uh, Asia. I saw someone tweeting. Oh, was uh, that? He's ben one, He's one in, one in four or something like that, outside of the WGCs. Yeah, if you take out the WGCs, he now has 10 wins in 38 recognised events. Um, I was Ben Coley from Sky who tweeted that. Very impressive strike yeah. rate. Yeah. Um, it's pity knowing this afterwards. Yeah, it was 10 to 1 or something. So yeah. obviously that makes that 10 to 1 look huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it was great. I, I'm, I've always been, I'm, I'm always been a fan of Westwood. Um, it's great to see him back hitting the ball well. And he has a new coach. I actually can't remember the name of who the coach was. But uh, things are obviously turning around. But he's a confidence golfer, isn't he? He's somebody who, you know, that's going to be a huge thing for him this season. Mm. That he has now got the confidence. He's gone and won again. Mm. Okay, some would argue it's not the greatest field out there. But you've got to still win Yeah, with it, whatever field's there. And look, he, I, one round at 71, everything else sub-70. Yeah. Like, he tee to green was brilliant. I I, yeah. I saw bits of it. It was a bit annoying. It was rain delays and yeah. every so often yeah. the, the thunder came along and you were just settling in for you know yeah. forty five minutes and then all of a sudden there was a program on Justin Rose's you know U.S. Open yeah. win and things like that, which was a bit frustrating. But mm. um, but good for Westwood and, and they move on to China. Yeah, mm-hmm. on to China next week, yeah. The other event, which was I thought was pretty good, pretty dramatic finish, was the uh, probably the opposite of the Maybank Malaysian Open in terms of finishing. Uh, the RBC Heritage in Harbortown. And Matt Kuchar finally got his win, but uh, it wasn't that convincing really, was well, it? He fluked his way over the line, I think, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he... Because uh, I actually was watching it, and I, I was just keeping an eye on, on Kuchar to get over the line. And he hit it into 6 feet and 17 when he was when he was one ahead. And um, I was thinking that's uh, that should be that done dusted. And I walked away, and I came back, and I couldn't believe he had three put at seventeen from mm-hmm. was it? I think it was about six feet. Yeah. Um, from from nowhere really, and but then I suppose he had a terrible drive on sixteen as well. You know, he had a good shot in for a second, but yeah, he was uh, he was kind of scratching his way home, and his the second shot into eighteen was horrendous. Yeah, he caught it very heavy. It was oh, a five iron. It was about yeah. it must have been about. 25 yards short wasn't oh it? yeah jeez he caught it so heavy yeah and then for people who didn't see it he 
so he was probably staring down a bogey really he was in the bunker short of the, uh, the 18 instead of probably being two ahead going down uh, 18 after seven after three putting 17 uh he was he was level with donald and he held his bunker shot uh, it was a great moment i thought it was, it was it was good to see after all the stuff he's kind of been through well he's been through the ringer for the last couple of weeks yeah, and we've yeah. we've laughed a little bit on this podcast yeah. a bit unfairly at him that he hasn't been able to to see it through in the last week you know last round of the weekend 64 this week you know to win it yeah you know yeah. in fairness he could have been another joke this week about coming second or third again and, and no, easily, it. Yeah. but you know fair play to him you know he is by far the most consistent player this season so far um, yeah but he's made he's made uh, something like two and a half million in the last five events I think it is reading some stat on them over the weekend so it, he's he, on current form he's probably the best golfer in the world I was about to ask that yeah I was yeah. wondering what would you say at the moment he's like you know if Patrick Reed thinks he's top five <laughs> yeah, top yeah, five yeah. Matt Kuchar must be the best golfer yeah. at the moment I mean and if you only taken on current said, form yeah, yeah I, think, I, mean, I think he is like, he deserved that win in fairness for the way he's played the last few weeks mm, mm. Um, and in fairness to him he did he said to the caddy before he got into the bunker he said it's about time I hold one of these or something did along he? those lines yeah oh, brilliant oh, yeah, good. So. confidence positive thinking yeah you know and I, it's uh, I think he was kind of helped along the way by Donald a bit as well because Donald was obviously in the midst of swing changes and yeah I think he I saw him snap hook one pretty much out of bounds early in the round which he, he double bogeyed that hole and I think that kind of cost him because that put him then he was behind the eight ball from then on but I suppose Kucher probably needs that bit of luck you know it's one of those if you're struggling to get over the line you need someone to kind of to help you out a bit as well yeah, um, there was a very impressive stat though about Donald. Um, and actually, I'm kind of going, going back to your point, sorry, about swing changes. Faherty was mentioned that um, I suppose Donald played very well, but there was, and probably because of the swing change, that as Faherty said, he was just barfing on himself uh, once or twice, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which, which was a great, uh, great phrase for him to say. But Donald, uh, they also announced on the show that the stats have shown, going back to 2004, that Donald is the best putter statistically on the tour but they also had a great stat that in the last five years he's only missed one three footer yeah uh, that's a total of six, roughly 1600 attempts yeah. wow from inside three feet I think, yeah. was it inside three I feet so, inside yeah. three feet okay i'd say i've missed half my attempts from inside three feet <laughs> over the last few years and <laughs> um, that's very very impressive that's, a, that's an unbelievable stat i couldn't believe i, I that's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's um, considering the greens that they put on, like, and even last year, last week in Augusta, you would imagine probably half the field or most of the field would have missed one inside mm-hmm. three feet. Yeah, but know, on greens like that, and he hasn't done that. What in five years he's only missed one? I can understand maybe in Augusta because they're quite sloppy, but those greens at the weekend in Harbortown looked very easy to put on. I would say, and I always think good greens are easier to put on. I don't know, like. You know, whereas if you're playing, yeah, well, I suppose I'm, I'm kind of saying he's, he's played Augusta five times yeah, in yeah. in the last five years, obviously. You know? Yeah, well, that's, that's just point. one week. That's just one week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's very, very impressive. Um, I, think, I, I, I think as well. Also, just to mention, Harbour Town, I think it looks like an unbelievable course. It's my favorite course on the PGA Tour, and that's including Augusta. Really? Yeah, I think it looks like an amazing course. But I'd love to play, I would love to play it. That's a huge statement. Oh, it's just so the way like it's. It's so narrow, and you kind of have to work your way. It's a real shaper's course, by the looks of it. You need to kind of be able to move it both ways. Yeah. All the overhanging branches and the, and the tiny greens. 
So if you were offered to play Harbour Town or Augusta... Well, I'd play Augusta just because... <laughs> because I, I, oh, I, I, I hear you backtracking here. Be, because if I told people that I played Harbour Town instead of Augusta, they would probably just laugh at me to the day I die. But I would I, I would love to play Harbour Town. That's very interesting. I'd say you could get onto Harbour Town handy-ish, like relatively... I'd say you probably could, yeah. yeah. Can we tweet them and see if there's a four ball in? Yeah, our first course review, yeah. <laughs> Harbour Town. would be more than happy. Flights and everything need to be thrown in. I was discussing the point with uh, Barry on last week's podcast that I thought it was kind of similar to some of the courses in Dublin City Centre, like the Grange, Milltown, the Castle, in terms of the tree-line holes, and particularly actually, sorry, Elm Park. Some of the holes like that, you actually really have to move it around and yeah. it's kind of quite tree-lined. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, I mean, it's it's a top PGA Tour uh, uh, course. I think, I think somebody was saying, one of the commentators was saying that it's the pros, it's in their top... It's in their top three of the year. Really? Really? I know there is a Golf Digest ranking that has them all one to fifty-two, but yeah. um, we'll have a, have a look at that again. Um, that's kind of that's interesting. Okay. Um, in terms of local news, actually, we had uh, the West of Ireland Open on today, which uh, is one of our amateur major championships that was on today, and that was won by Jack Hume of Nace. Uh, he's only age 20 and he beat Robbie Cannon in the final Robbie Cannon has actually won two majors on the amateur circuit before and for people I suppose who aren't from Ireland the West of Ireland will be quite a prestigious amateur event and when you look back at some of the previous winners uh, Shane Lowry won it in 2008 uh, Rory McIlroy won it in 2005 and 2006 I think he was 15 and 16 years old when he won both of those uh, Mick Whelan won it in 1999 and Pork Harrington won it in 1994 so it's quite a pres- prestigious event and often you might see some of the future stars of the game come out of some of these uh, events. So uh, that was another interesting one. And also then, um, if people are listening to this on Wednesday, the 23rd of April, it'll be 50 days to the US Open. And I saw Aaron Obelhoser tweeted that the rough in Pinehurst number 2, which is where uh, the US, is, US Open is going to be, it's actually not going to be heavy rough. It's actually going to be wasteland. So if you miss the fairway, you're actually going to be in wasteland. Now, you might get a, a kind of straightforward shot, but you could also end up behind quite a clump of grass. So that's kind of something just to kind of think of going forward. It's going to be a slightly different US Open to what we've probably seen. A bit similar maybe to Whistling Straits. Well, mm-hmm. that, it would probably change once the pros get there and they start complaining about it. And <laughs> that would be the last time it's ever occurred. <laughs> yeah. um, but it would be great for the spectator if they do, just to change it and really make it a yeah. tough course. And, it'll, and be, yeah. it'll be lift clean in place by the time <laughs> <they get there. laughs> So uh, actually check out Aaron Obelhoser's um, Twitter account if you look for more details on the US Open. He's got pictures and he talks about, well, how are they going to treat the waste areas in terms of bunkers and not so... Um, you can check out his account some interesting stuff so moving on anyway um, this week we should have had a bit of movement in the top 200 because I know last week we mentioned and there was nothing because of the Masters is on and none of the guys outside the outside the top 200 played but we should have had a bit of movement and I have my fingers crossed that I might have had a bit of movement with uh, Eduardo Molinari and Camille Vajegas I think featuring OK so over to you Alan with our top 200 update I can confirm anyway that there is good news for two of our um, podcast Woo-hoo. members today, and one of them is not me. <laughs> so uh, just to give a quick, before I come to that, give a quick background. Um, this is obviously a competition where we pick two players, one from the European Tour, one from the US Tour. They need to be outside the top 200 in the world rankings. Um, if you'd like to join, we're keeping the entrance open to the middle of the summer, so just tweet your two players to um, at podcastgts and put in hashtag top 200 along with your players. And we will include you going forward. Um, 
We will run through, obviously, just the big movers, first of all. So the big mover this week was actually James. He Ooh. moved 36 spots wow. with Appleby and Quiros. Bob, you were the second biggest mover. Oh, yeah. 27 spots. And then a quick shout-out to another few, um, Russell Coombs, Stephen O'Connor, my old friend, Davey DeGrieff, um, <laughs> David Sacombe, and Sean Cooper, who all re- moved between 15 and 20 spots each. Um, so the top three are... At the moment, or myself on two seven four, I'm still hanging in there. Uh, Matt Ward closed the gap a bit to three o three, and Stephen O'Connor in third place on three two four. And we will post up the leaderboard um, this evening so people can see where they're playing or where they're sitting. As long as I'm ahead of Barry, that's all that matters. Yeah, well, good work, good work. It's <laughs> <That's> not hard. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, well, listen, thanks for that, Alan. Um, as as Alan said, listen, we're we're. Um, you know, anyone still wants to enter, it's a long season, a long way to go. Um, our main topic that we're going to discuss this week is around, you know, maybe making adjustments to the game of golf in some way to improve participation. And the reason we're talking about this is that the there was an article in the New York Times um, just on the 19th of April, and they reported that the National Golf Foundation themselves reported that golf has lost 5 million players in the US within the last 5 years. And they expect another 5 million to leave the game the next few years. Um, and the on the back of that then they had Justin Rose and Sergio Garcia play an event recently and they were trying to look at different ways to do it. Um, so I suppose when we saw this article it started looking and going... One of the thoughts that I had is, is golf as a game difficult for new people to take up? Is it difficult a game to join if you were, you know, is the learning curve too difficult for new people? Well, I suppose, I, I think it is. Mm. Um, and it's easy for us. I, I, I've been playing 23 years. I started when I was seven. Um, mm. And I suppose there was two things. One was, I found it very difficult to get into a golf club where my parents didn't play, didn't know people. Mm. in a golf club so it was difficult in that respect so it was pitch and putt it was the driving range it was trying to get out wherever Mm. you could but more interestingly my fiance started and picked up the game last year and and started going for lessons and I think her interest because it is a steep learning curve you know and it takes a long time to really get going at it Mm. she enjoys going to the driving range and she enjoys hitting golf balls in the driving range yeah but she hasn't taken the leap from the driving range onto the golf course for various reasons. And I was asking her when we were pre- you know, preparing for this today, why mm. she was saying, well, then, you know, she just the idea of going onto a golf course, the vast size of it, people before and in front and behind being held up, particularly behind being held up by her, yeah. you know, learning the game. And, and, and she wants to relax. It, it should be a relaxing experience rather yeah. than going out fearful oh God, there's people behind me, I'm holding them up. And she's right. I'd, I'd rather t- pick up the ball and just walk it 200 yards and I'll just chip in. Yeah. So I was reading the uh, Golf Golf Monthly this, this month and actually the CEO of TaylorMade, Mark King, made mm. a very good point. And he was suggesting to try and encourage golfers um, into the game that all shots from tee to green should be played off a tee mm. so that at least then they're getting it in the air, the shots are easier. 
Mm. And then once, you know, they get better, then you remove the tea and they, you know, but they get used to being on a golf course. They yeah. get used to being in the environment. Uh, and it's a bit easier. And and just enjoying it. Because yeah. because ultimately, look, we, we all take it very seriously and, and we probably shouldn't take it as seriously as we do. Mm. But it's about enjoying it. And if you don't enjoy it at the beginning, the likelihood is that if you find it too hard, if you find it frustrating, you're going to walk away and you're not going to stay. And it's yeah. an expensive sport. It's expensive yeah. to buy the equipment. It's expensive to buy a membership, mm. you know, and that's a big investment for something you might not stay in. Yeah. And, and more importantly, you might not enjoy, yeah. you know, if you know, and that's, I think for her, she would love to, to keep going at it, mm. but it's, it's, it's finding a way of getting her out onto the golf course and giving her the confidence to stay out and play yeah. and play and keep yeah. playing. Mm. Well, that's the thing. It's, it can be very intimidating, I think, for someone who's only starting out. And they and if if all of a sudden they have to go out and play with two good golfers, it's very intimidating to be yeah. kind of topping the ball off the tee. And then you know the people beside you are getting fed up. And as you say, there's a lot of barriers to entry as well to get into it. Like the cost the cost of getting into it, even buying a set of golf clubs is crazy. As you, as you know, Bob, <laughs> yeah, you are yeah. now replacing two uh, full set of golf clubs. Yeah, I thought you were about to say there's a lot of berries out there on the golf course. <laughs> well, I, well, I was going to suggest that maybe <laughs> yeah. the easiest way to play with somebody is just send Barry out because he tops the ball off the tee as well. Exactly. So <laughs> just as well at home. Yeah. <laughs> You'd um, actually intimidate him if you were. If you were. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that's the thing. I, I do. I think that's a good point. There are a lot of berries to enter, but I know when we were younger on that. We played, when we were on holidays um, in the summer, that we used to play a, a kind of course, very rural, in, in when, we were, when we were holidaying in Kerry, and we'd play on a, a kind of a nine-hole course where there wasn't that many people, and we were able to play very comfortable. And, and that kind of backs up your point, James, that you don't want to be playing guys right up behind you, or you don't want two, three, eight, eight handicapped golfers behind you, and you're topping them all over the place. But also one thing is we played a lot when we, when we were younger was pitch and putt. Yeah. And I wonder whether golf clubs should do things either to you know either maybe look to kind of run beginner events on pitch and put or even take out a, a piece in the timesheet on a saturday at three to five to say this is the beginner's time you come out and you can do whatever you want you can take your time and everyone else knows well listen hold on guys if you're going to come out you know at, at three mm-hmm. o'clock that it could be you know you're gonna you could be delayed because this is gonna be our beginner's time yeah well we we have a window in milltown on a Saturday evening, generally throughout the summer, where the tea would be reserved from like half five to half seven for young, really young juniors to go out who have, who are only taking up the game and go out and play nine holes and oh, they can great. and they can hack it around as much as they want. Yeah, but that's their that's their way of getting into it because the thing about it is it's a sport that takes a long time to get good at. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's not a six month job before you're actually at a decent standard. It's it's years take years to get down to a low handicap if you're like Barry you can still be trying it'll take a lifetime yeah. people like him and it'll never get there a second lifetime yeah. <laughs> um, but like you need you need that as you say you need that kind of opportunity where you can go out and actually dig up the course basically and yeah. people won't be giving out to you or yeah. judging you and, and yeah. I think that's the restriction that a lot of people have in terms yeah. of taking it up but I think the point that you make Bob is, is actually a really good one blocking off a section yeah. of the timesheet yeah. you know Sunday afternoon you know 4.30 to 5.30 and it's a bit like driving behind you know a learner driver with the L plates yeah. you, you know what you're going to yeah. mm. be expecting 
So if you go out and, and, and the person you know in front of you is taking 50 shots to get off the, the, the tee box, well, so be it. You know, but there shouldn't be a right to try and get, play through. There shouldn't be. It should be for them to learn to experience it and, and do it in a relaxed manner rather than... And obviously, you know, any golf club that has a teaching pro can be out in the buggy, can be put, mm. you know, making points and, and, and helping them to progress. And actually, if you are behind in this group, you should know, you should actually be encouraging them. So if, there's, if they're watching you, because you might be going out just do a bit of practice and they're going, oh, oh do you want to go, you want to go through? You should no, encourage these people and try and help them get into the game. Mm. Um, but I think like there's, uh, I know from that article, there's certain initiatives that you can put in place as well, which will help them. Like as James is suggesting, the hitting off the tee. Yeah. And I think within that article, obviously they're talking about, what is it? The what size is the cup? Fifth. Well, they were two, talking about two two possible sizes. So uh, Sergio and Justin Rose played uh, nine holes, and the hole was fifteen inches. Uh, they, so they were talking about either uh, size of a pizza or size of a soccer ball. That that the hole should be that big. And Justin Rose himself said that he's actually finding it hard to get. I think it must be his son into it, and that. Um, that this could be a good initiative and it might be easy because the learning curve is is that is that tough um and that's the thing maybe if you had new people like that if you had people going out i don't know it'd be very hard i suppose to put a 15 inch hole in for two hours on a saturday evening yeah, well, yeah. possibly yeah but like if as you say if it's a, if it's an air if it's a time that's locked up if it's yeah. late on a saturday evening in the middle of the summer and you know yeah. nobody's going out after them well yeah. then she just prepare it in the morning but like it's initiatives like that that will encourage people to come out. Other sports have done things like that. You know, mm. um, I know, for instance, snooker. You know, you can have the championship pockets that the, the yeah. top pros play in. But if you go to any normal snooker hall or anything, they're much wider. Yeah. To encourage, and that's probably a sport that you know you can probably kind of hack away at, and you know it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But at least the hole is bigger, makes mm. it easier. So there is, there's, there's bits. I, I think that one of the simplest things before you need to change the course is actually the tee. And the more I think about it, you know, if if a person gets to the point of going out and can hit, you know, 70 or 80 yards with, yeah. a, with a, a wedge or a seven iron or whatever it is, you know, it takes them only two or three or four shots to get them down to the green. And then it's about teaching them the putting and getting them that mm. way. But it's a confidence thing. And it's about yeah. keeping exactly. people interested in the sport. Because if people walk away then the clubs are going to start dying away. The membership is getting older. We, we know yeah. that from, you know, I know that from Glen the Dens. It's, mm. you know, we've only, I think this is our second year having a junior section in yeah. the club, which is horrendous for a club that's the yeah. age that it is, that this is the second year. This is the lifeblood, the young people coming through, the juniors coming through, mm. and people who are taking up the sport. Especially you know, for a club that's trying to grow, like Glen the Downs should be having getting as much juniors uh, in as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. And and it is, it, it's, it's not just, it's not just about, bringing more people in it's about retaining the people yeah. that are there as well because that that is an absolutely key bit to this as well yeah because that, that's that, that was one of the parts of the article that grabbed my attention i mentioned at the start that we've lost five million players i'm oh, sorry in the states they've lost five million players within the last five years and i kind of found I, I i wasn't really sure what the core reason behind that was as to why people are losing losing events are losing uh, leaving Golf. And one of the things I thought maybe was particularly in Ireland, I know that so when we had the Celtic Tiger, you would have a lot of people maybe who had two memberships that maybe they've, they've downsized it. But I suppose there's probably a, an element as well that people are a lot busier nowadays and, and it, it's harder to get out for four or five, six hours and, and play golf. But I was surprised to see that many people leaving the sport. 
Yeah, I think I, I think the main reason that people are leaving it is moving towards time. I do think the money thing is obviously a factor, but I think the time, like, it's getting to the stage now, and especially with things like, I know we spoke about it before, like slow play and stuff like that. Mm. If you go out now to play around, it's it's seven hours, really, in terms of going to the golf course, yeah. kind of getting ready, going out and playing, and then getting home. It's nearly a full day, and people just don't have that time anymore. Yeah. And I think what golf, I think, has been quite poor at is actually is coming up with initiatives in terms of actually creating different forms like nine hole competitions yeah. and so on to actually encourage people to play shorter forms of the game where they can get in and out and get kind of their full round done by early morning mm. and i think the time i think the time problem is a big one well certainly i think you know to to keep people interested you know even something as simple as running an 18 hole competition and a nine hole at the same time you know on the team time sheet on a saturday you know so if you don't have a full day if you only have a couple of hours you can go and play you know the front nine and that can be a nine hole competition standalone and the guys who want to play 18 can play 18 mm. but it, it gives you the option at the moment yeah. if you want to play on a saturday or sunday in a stable further strokes competition it's 18 holes yeah you know there's times that if you had the opportunity to say, well, actually I have something on at 11 o'clock, but I could, I could play nine holes. Yeah. yeah. You don't have the option to go out and play nine holes on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, it's either 18 or nothing. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely, uh, you know, valid point, Alan, that other formats or other ways of speeding up and getting people who may not have the time, like a lot of people. And I think the biggest um, loss within the clubs is that age group between the kind of the 28 and the 40. Mm. You know, and that's a, there's a lot of time constraints on people's lives yeah. between family, fiancés, wives, kids, you know, bring them to the various yeah. events that they have. They don't have an opportunity to go yeah. and play for four or four and a half. And it's not just four and a half hours. It yeah. could be half an hour to get out there. Yeah. Then you have to, you know, you have to be there kind of 15 minutes before your tee off. Yeah. Then you've got the four to four and a half hours of a round yeah. plus an hour at the end. So you're realistically talking probably a six to seven hour window. Yeah. Of actually what it all entails, where the actual round is only four and a half hours. And and in our place, I mean, in Curtin House, as I mentioned before, it's for a competition, it's five hours. So I actually left recently. I went down, had a bit of breakfast and, uh, beforehand, in fairness, but I left at nine o'clock in the morning. I got home at five. Mm. And that's pretty much a yeah, full so day. It's a full day. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it, and it is, you know, I can understand what people are saying. Do you know what? I can't, I just can't do that anymore. And it, like a five hour round is what we pretty much have a standard because the courses are long. But, and that's but that's what I see in Milton. I see it's the thirty to forty year age bracket that are missing. That, yeah, that just aren't that aren't turning up on the Saturdays because they just can't commit that time because they've got young kids and so on. And those people just like membership fees are very expensive nowadays. So they just they obviously weigh it up and say, well, it's not worth it. If I'm only playing two or three times a year, what's the point? Well, I think I think the I think the money is is definitely one. Certainly in Ireland, you know, and and and. America to a certain extent as well the, the economic situation has to be looked at as to mm. why people are leaving the game you know mm. you know 15 1600 euros you know for a decent golf club within the with the Dublin commuter belt area yeah you know right up to your two two and a half thousands <clears throat> it's an awful lot of money and you know where where the last number of years have been tough you know and, and decisions are being made mm. the golf club is the first thing that has to go and I know guys who have walked out of Glen of the Downs, you know, who paid a huge amount for their membership uh, subscription at the beginning. Mm. And in other clubs, I know guys who walked out of um, Druid's Glen 
you know, 50 grand plus fat to get in there during the good days out of power sport. And they're walking away and saying, look, that, that money's gone. Yeah. I just can't be affording to pay yeah. another two or two and a half thousand each year mm. because priorities have to be. And it is that group between the 30 and 40 when you think guys who are probably, you know, big mortgages, you know, tough on the job front, wages are going down. All of that does take. So I think there's a responsibility for golf clubs themselves to actually come up with initiatives to retain people. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that the subs are one of the things that they have to look at and be realistic about. Mm, mm. Um, the one thing I think we, we have a bit of benefit in Ireland as opposed to the States is that we're quite fortunate that we get long evenings. And that's where I think golf clubs should pick up and, and do things. And I know in Canada Downs actually used, it, there was a very good nine and dine. Yeah, still goes. So you go yeah. and play nine holes on a Friday evening and then you have a bit of food afterwards. But like that, for guys in that bracket, 30 to 40 years, it might be a bit easier to play on a Tuesday evening. Like, especially for you guys in, in your course, Alan. They mm. can get, you know, leave work at five, if, if they're lucky enough to get away at five, be in the course uh, at quarter to six, and play nine holes, and then they're home at half eight. So I think maybe those are things that could help as well. Like if, like if a guy was playing nine holes on a Tuesday and a Friday evening, then it would probably make it a bit easier to kind of look at your membership and go, yeah, actually, do you know what, I can hold on to this, because especially in the summer. Now, I know we don't get the best of summer at often, but that might be another way of doing it as well. Yeah, and I think there's, um, like, I think there's initiatives that can be taken. Like, I think this at the same time, there's a little bit of fun missing from golf. Mm. And I was reading up on, you know, the power play golf yeah. thing. I got, for my sins, I suppose, I'm a big fan of cricket. So I, I look... There's I nothing look, wrong with that now, yeah. Alan. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> I'll be on your side in this <laughs> argument. But I look at the cricket, and, like, they've moved from, you know, from tests from test cricket they've gone all the way now to 2020 and 2020 has just totally reinvigorated the game it's made a, yeah. a huge difference and they looked at the same kind of initiative how they could do something like that for golf and they looked at this power play golf which is a nine hole event and yeah. you stick two pins on each green one in a really hard position and one in a normal position or an easy position and you play nine holes and on three of the holes you have to elect a power play so you have to you, you elect it on the tee and you play to the hard pin and you get double the points or double, something like that. Double stable for points. Double stable for yeah. points. So it's actually good fun and it's something different and it's nine holes. You'd fly around, you get it done in two hours and those kind of things are like, if you saw something like that on, as you say, during the week on a Friday night, you'd be out, you'd go up and you'd play that and you'd have a few points afterwards. Yeah. And it's great crack, you know? Yeah. And I, like, I think that the power play thing is a great idea, but clubs yeah. are very slow to actually adopt yeah. it. I think there's only 370 courses around the UK that are signed up, mm. which isn't a huge amount. Mm. Um, and I have never heard of anyone in Ireland doing it. No, that's a good point. Because, yeah. I mean, if there was somewhere doing a power play in Dublin on uh, like on some midweek, we'd all go along for the crack. Oh, definitely. Try it. Yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. definitely try it out. So that's, yeah. that's an idea. But it's initiatives like that, that yeah. which would help retain people yeah. within the game. And Yeah, it, it, it it's changing, you know, the whole aspect of golf in terms of making it enjoyable, modernizing it. You, you can't modernize the game because, so much because obviously fundamentally it's about getting a ball from A to B and into a hole. Like that's, mm. that is golf. But it's about changing the format, changing the way that, that it's presented. Mm. And I definitely think that, you know, and I say it to Barry all the time, simplifying the rules. It, yeah. You know, something as simple as taking that ridiculously oversized book and making it very straightforward yeah. that people coming into the game, people who are in the game, don't have to be burdened down with rule this or rule that or what. You know, simplify it for people. Give the basic rules. Yeah. Leave the rule book as it is for the pros. Yeah, you know, yeah. let them have it. But yeah. for the amateur guys, let's just simplify it down to the you know 
four or five things that everyone needs to know yeah. and leave it at that yeah. and yeah. not have, you know, well, did you move this or did you move that or, oh God, you know, I, I may have, you know, moved a twig by accident, you know, things like that. It, it, it makes people say, this is an old sport. It's stuck yeah. in the 18th you know, century. It needs to be modernized. And something like the power play, I think, is a great idea. Yeah. And golf clubs in this country are crying out for people to turn up and put money through the tills of the clubhouse. And I'm amazed that there's no club in Ireland at the moment who'd be willing to take a punt on that. Yeah, to yeah. see just to see for one night whether or not it's something. And all it do. is all it is a case of is sticking another hole on the green. Yeah. yeah. That's and it. And put like a, a flag with like a cross uh, like a grand skull and and a flag. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know, it's but like if there's, if there's clubs out there that are dying to get footfall in, like put an ad in the paper. Do that. You get easily a hundred guys turning up, but maybe a ten or ahead, fifteen ahead, or, or you do thirty quid and throw in a bit of dinner. Everybody all over. If that. you let them bring a few cans along while they walk around, <laughs> you, you get about ten times the, the I know, number. I, I'm sure if any golf club is willing to do it and sends a tweet to the podcast, yeah. uh, tweet will certainly send it on, and, and yeah. you know we turn up and have a go and certainly review it and tell everybody yeah, how good it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean if it's if it's too far away, we'll help promote it and publicize it. We'll do whatever it wants. So yeah, any clubs out there they're willing to give power play. Go get in touch and, and we'll see what we can do, how we can help, and uh, we definitely all love to have a go of it anyway, you know. So, um, cool, okay. Well, listen, um, that was kind of interesting enough, and I suppose there's a good few initiatives there, and, and hopefully, we start to see the participation levels just come back to, to good levels. Moving on, I suppose I think it was probably a quiet enough week uh, from our own golfing games because I didn't play, I mean, as, as I mentioned last week, I, my clubs were taken from stolen from my car so and my car is gone as well so uh but i'm going down to the title spinning center tomorrow to get fitted for three wood uh hybrid and a sandwich because that's the only things that i don't know my settings for all right so, i thought they were the only clubs you needed no, <laughs> i was gonna say that's, I wish, that's I an wish, incredible uh, drive yeah. in a sandwich <laughs> for you all. and uh and i have a four ball match on thursday but uh that's i'm looking forward to getting back i'm itching it now with the recent good weather but did you guys play it all the weekend uh, I played single stable for it on Saturday. Um, the greens are still hollow court. Um, tee to green, I was fine. Pushing yeah. everything a little bit to the left, but nothing too too significant. 31 points. Um, I was happy enough. The putting is still appalling, but that's expected. So next couple of weeks, I, I hope to kick on. Uh, kind of aiming now towards the President's Prize, which I think is the second weekend in May. So that's Very that's good. kind of my aim. So I don't want to damage the handicap too much before then. <laughs> a couple, of, a couple of more point ones, yeah. I could be pushed out a little bit. Might get you over the <laughs> line on the. Yeah, I might sandbag it a little <laughs> bit. Uh, you played on, did you? I did. I played uh, eighteen holes of absolute garbage, thirty-two points, which was actually <laughs> um, the best I probably could have scored. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm inching back towards five. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I've been an imposter on four for the last few years, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to return to my rightful home. I uh, We talked about putting last week. I know you weren't here. Has your putting improved? It was actually not bad on Saturday. Yeah. And did you I, do... I, I, I listened to that Bob Rattella, um Putting's not a the, game of perfect. No, I listened to the putting oh, one, the, putting the, one. Uh, the audiobook, and it was actually very good because now I'm actually focusing more on the target, which is what he pushes. And that, I actually put it a lot better. I, I was definitely put it a lot better from 10 to 15 feet. I made a few putts. Um, short putting still a bit iffy, but that's between the years, unfortunately. And uh, 
I th- but I think my putting might have looked a lot better because the rest of my game was so bad, like, <laughs> so bad that it actually my putting actually probably looked good. So your compared stroke to it. saved by putting was, was <laughs> exactly, really good yeah. last weekend. <laughs> and you still have the put the fat grip, yes. And what's your opinion on it after a few games? Uh, it's it's not the uh, it's not, it's not the, the arrow. Yeah, it's not the it's arrow. The, it's definitely <laughs> the Indian. Yeah, but do you feel, does it give you? Does it has it improved? Like, do you feel any better with it? Like, if you were well, put it like this, I'd say I'd be a lot worse if I didn't have it. Okay, okay. Like, if you were getting a new putter now, if your putter, let's say you lost your putter, would you or get somebody a, stole it from the back of your car? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> would you get a fat grip on it again? Uh, yeah, I probably would. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Now I've only I've only used it for about three or four rounds so it's, know, kind, it's kind of hard to tell I'm but just interested just to see because I suppose you've been always been a traditionalist when it comes to your putting so. yeah no it killed me to put it on but no I'm happy enough with it so far and, and it's getting better so I'll report okay. back in a few weeks okay very good well, we, we'll, we'll come back to you on that um, looking ahead to next week um, the two main events I probably use that uh, word main in inverted commas because they're probably not the the I suppose bigger biggest events of the year we in the states we have the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, um, and that's I suppose it's there's not a huge field here. It looks like a lot of guys are are taking a break um, from the event this week. Uh, the market leaders Justin Rose, um, and then we have Ricky Fowler, Keegan Bradley, Graham Delat. They had the betting, and after that, then it's probably all with no disrespect to them, it's the tier two guys. Well, Patrick Reed, world number five, is there now. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, yeah, sorry, Patrick. Good, good point. Um, you guys having a bet on that? No, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't. I had a look at it um, yesterday for a while, and I could not find any angle. Okay. So no, I'm not. I'm not even going to touch it. No. When, when I started this podcast a couple of weeks ago when I was asked to stand in for Alan, I said I wasn't a big gambler. This podcast is making me <laughs> a gambler. You're converted. Uh, I, I would I would think that the only person I would even look at just out of somebody who's there or thereabouts the last couple of weeks is Russell Knox at 40 to 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a shout. That would be the only I look. The rest I wouldn't, you know, have a huge... He Gamble did well what? recently in the Honda, was it? Was the one that Macro, the Henley one. Yeah, that's right. He was, he was in the playoff. playoff. That yeah. was the Honda, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. a good yeah. show. And he's, and he's had a few, like last week he wasn't too, I think he was top 15, if my memory serves me right. He's had a few weeks that he's been there or thereabouts, and he could. So you're going to fill your boots? Ah, uh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I win, I'll let you know. If I lose, yeah. I'll tell yeah, you yeah. I didn't bet. We'll just gloss over it, yeah. Um, Are you I, doing I was debating having a look. I was just listening to a preview where you're on, and I was like, going to have a look at because I think this this course, from what I understand, is all about um, is all about ball striking. And I was thinking of having a look at Kevin Stadler because he's actually playing quite well. I think he was eighth in the Masters. Um, I think he probably just needs to put a bit better. It's just from a preview I was listening to earlier on. Um, and now he was 38th in in the RBC Heritage, but he was something I was thinking of having a look at. But my main, I was thinking of having a bet in the Volvo China Open. Um, and I know this is a bit mental having a bet on something like this. Now, the Volvo China Open uh, has probably before real the, the top guys, it has Stenson, Poulter, Duffner, Colstarts. They lead the betting. And then there's uh, Molinari and Lorazabal, I suppose. They were probably still good, very good European tour players. And then after that, we're... we're Probably down uh, a bit lower in the in the, the European Tour kind of level of players, 
But someone who I was thinking of having a bet on was Andy Sullivan, who did very well oh, uh, last, week. last week. Yeah, he was right in contention, and he just had a bit of a Matt Kuchar in the last round. I think he was six over or something like that in the last round. Uh, mm. A bit of a Barry. A bit of a Barry, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's 70 to 1. Which, 70, is he? That's yeah. a great price. Now, I suppose you're up against Stenson Poulter, Dubner, Colsart, so you might almost be losing three, if not four, of the top five places. Yeah, but they're not guys you'd hang your hat on winning, like, so... Yeah, you're, so, you're nearly better off going down the field than looking for a bit of value. Yeah, I might have a small just a five each way on him because he's obviously playing very well. Um, so that that might be that might be the one I I might just have a little look. It just keep me entertained. The only problem is it's I think play starts at half past midnight. So it's oh, real middle oh, of the night. Yeah, and you yeah, can so. just roll through from the PGA in America <laughs> straight through yeah, to just China. stay up. Um, so uh, very good. So. I was looking at. Um, when I first saw the field and I hadn't seen the odds, I was looking at Poulter because he's a f- fantastic record in Asia. I think mm. He's won the yeah. he's won the WGC there and he's won the Hong Kong and he's won yeah. the Singapore Open, so he's a great record. And then I saw he was nine to one, ten to one in places. Ten to one. I wouldn't. I, I never thought I'd see the day where Poulter would be yeah. as short as ten to one. Yeah, he and and his form is. It's not like he's off the back of a couple of wins. He's but he played okay in the Masters. Yeah, he was twentieth, I think, in the Masters. Yeah, and he didn't make a putt at all. Like. Yeah, but like that's not that ten to one is a crazy yeah. price. Yeah, and I the, the, you know, the other guy I was looking at was Francesco Molinari because he's a good record. I think he's won the he's won the same WGC and he's also won in Hong Kong. So he's yeah. he's a good record in Asia. So he's twenty five to one. I think. Isn't yeah, twenty five. Yeah, he's playing quite well recently. Yeah, he's, I think he's form. bubbling up to something. So I might have a little cut at him. Are yeah. you required to back the player that you have in the uh, in the top two hundred because? Uh, Alvaro Quiros is playing again this week as he doesn't seem to play too often. Um, but I backed him in the top 200 at 50 to 1, so I probably should you know, <laughs> well, the only back my own horse from the top 200 and say that. The only problem is if you back him and he misses the cut, then you're on a double whammy. Yeah, that is your true. Team that is true. It's a good right, I'll, I'll put my fiver back in my yeah. pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good emotional hedge to have him in the top 200. Okay, well, those, those will be kind of interesting tournaments. Uh, we might have some decent... Um, Decent, some decent golf to watch maybe on, on Sunday evening. Um, before we wrap up, I have to give the answer to the rules-related oh, question. I've, um, I'm a bit worried about this. Uh, I made a comment offline to Alan that gone, perhaps this question's a bit easier, but the fact that yourself and Barry have different answers maybe... Um, yeah, when I said... Because you said that, I said Barry must have got it right, which has me very worried. So, um, just to recap, a player plays his second shot, searches for his ball briefly, and then goes back and drops another ball under rule 27-1. Before he plays the drop ball, and within the five-minute search period, the original ball is found. What is the ruling? Um, Alan said the player must continue with the original ball. And Barry said the drop ball was in play and the original ball was lost, which James also said. And James and Barry are correct. No! So, and Barry also said that when I gave him, when I gave the question to him, he said, uh, if Alan gets this wrong, make sure you laugh in his face. So, <laughs> there's, a, there's a serious correlation going on here between not being on the podcast. I'm not, I won't be back next week. Yeah, I think it's going to be yourself, myself, James. Yeah, I think I'm two week. for two. Uh, I'll ignore week one, but uh, that's, that's yeah. two in a row now, but. Um, yeah, I so, could catch his both up before too long. Yeah, exactly. So that oh sorry, uh, nine eight actually is the score then. So carrying into next week, so it's tight. It's, it's good to give something back to the little people there. Give, <laughs> give, give, give Barry his moment. Especially as he finished with, we don't know what. 
14 points. For, yeah. We'll guess 14 points for today's round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've no update from him yet, so um, we'll have to... Um... That obviously means it's that bad. I'm sure because we're gonna... if it was really good, he would have contacted us. By I'm now. sure we'll get a six-hour shot-by-shot next week anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stay it's, tuned. Yeah. It's, the, uh, it's the final qualifying for it as well, so his placement team might be in jeopardy. He's not going to need a caddy on Sunday by the looks of it. Um, Nobody will offer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. So, what should that be one last round we get to hear about? Okay, guys. Well, listen, that's pretty much it done for week 17. So, uh, thanks to you two guys. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, James, for, thanks, um, no for Cheers, being bro. here. And thanks a million to everyone for listening. Uh, as I mentioned, I suppose, every week, if anyone wants to contact us with, with any topics that they'd like to discuss, um, at Podcast GTS on Twitter, or also, also by email at goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. As Alan mentioned, if you want to join the top 200, pick two players over the top 200 in the world, one in the European Tour, one in the US, and send us a tweet with hashtag top 200, or you can just email us if you like. Um, so we'd be delighted to hear from any of you. Um, the final thing as well is, if any of you out there haven't voted for us on iTunes, um, please give a rating for us on iTunes. It helps just improve our overall rating. So thanks a for everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Bye bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye bye.